Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits podcast. We are really excited that you're here to get weird with us. <laughs> and we're going to have all kinds of you know absurd ideas playing around with magnificent guests. And we're just going to go to places you always wanted to go. But, you know, you can tell mom and dad how you felt about aliens, about channeling. You couldn't say fuck. I'm Ashley Bradley. I am a mom. I am an intuitive business coach. I'm a business psychic and a channel. And I am James Lester. I am an open homosexual. I'm a speaker, a writer. I am a member of the recovery community, and I am a queer activist. And after you listen today, we would love it if you would follow us in one of the podcast places, Spotify, Apple, just to name a few. Subscribe, leave us a review. It helps new people find what we've created. And we thank you for listening. Let's do this. I know. We can't take ourselves seriously with that intro. We just crack up listening every time. It's ridiculous. Hi. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to speak now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Welcome to our show. <laughs> well, sometimes we just get too caught up in like laughing about things that we start a few minutes late. And so sometimes we need to just be like, get it, our shit together and just do it, you know? You know, you send me a lot of mixed mixed messages in our relationships. I got to talk to you about the other day about how I need to say more what's on my mind. It'd be more unfiltered. And now I get shushed right before the show. I think you're Well, that was to- Krista. That came from Krista. So <laughs> do you agree with it or not? We'll, we'll ask our, our audience. Um, do you think like put a one if you think James like gives it to you straight, put it to if you feel like he needs to like share more of his mind because you notice at times that he holds back or he's like trying to, you know, be kind of appropriate or write about something. We'll, we'll ask everybody. We'll, we'll... What it, is this a coach thing, by the way, with the one in the twos? Like, no, it's a fucking algorithm thing to get people to comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. tell us where you're at. Where's everybody watching tonight? Um, get, tell us what city you're from. Who's here? Say hello to us. Yeah, it's an algorithm thing so okay. that more people right. see it. Yeah, just go right. with it. Mm-hmm. I'm always just going with it. Apparently, not enough going with it, but I feel like I just go with it. So let's get into today and this week. Okay. How, how have you been? I have been good. And, um, I don't even know. I feel like all the days sometimes blend together, you know, it just feels like time is just kind of collapsing on itself and like speeding up. Or I don't know if it's motherhood or just the timeline speeding up or both, maybe both. Yeah. You just got real deep with that shit. Mm -hmm. Well, this Mm -hmm. is a deep talk. I think, I think we're going to get really deep with it today. Are we going to go real deep? Yeah. Okay. This is going to be too. See, well, I mean, our guest, we always like to kind of warn our guests although i think that we would really like to be like um what did you say the spiritual in between two ferns at one yeah. point where and so we actually want to like see if we could push limits with like like the pope you know like you know obviously we're reaching high you know like you know one day if somebody gives us a platform and they're like let's give these two a reality show and get them in front of the dalai lama you know that we could really just kind of lean in and just see what happens, you know? You know, I'm all about thinking big, too, my love, but I just really don't see the Dalai Lama <laughs> nor the Pope joining us on a party evening to okay. talk about. Well, there's going to be less podcasts to be on once we ascend to New Earth, so maybe ours is just one of the 5D ones, <laughs> and they're up there with us, and they're just like, yeah, these are like the people, yeah. 
to talk like to you, you about this. I like how you keep trying to rein me in right now, and then you keep saying weirder shit. So what are we doing here? Are we doing weirder, or are we doing more? Both. Prof- <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about the week. You, you kind of had an awesome week, yeah? I don't know when to talk about. I mean, are you just trying to, like, see about the business and stuff like that? Like, what are you? Th- th- this is why I'm gay. I cannot win either way with you. <laughs> Well, I want things sometimes just come up naturally. And I'm like, that's starting to feel a little bit forced. But um, he's trying to set me up to talk about my business universe launch. But I just want to talk about it when it like comes up, whether it's like now or whether it's in the end. But I did launch, um, yeah, the business universe, which is for like the modern day healers, the astrologers, the coaches, the readers. And so, yeah, I've been doing a lot there. It's been like uh, like a soft lunch now it's like a like a real open come join us and be in here (laughs) but anyway yes we do we'll talk i feel like i feel like i just want to talk about this topic like i don't really want to dance around it too much i just want to get to it let's get to it have you ever been put under like hypnosis or experienced a session with a hypnotist or done self-hypnosis i don't think so right Mm mm-hmm Nope. Newbie. Really? Oh, that might be our next adventure that we go on. We're going on like to do the, the float tanks tomorrow as an adventure. And so we could like, you know, talk about it and compare notes next week, I suppose. But I have only experienced hypnosis um, under like self hypno. Well, no, up until recently. So I've done self hypnosis with the natural childbirth stuff, the hypno babies. Um, and then I feel like before that, it was like you would just see it at fairs, you know, and, you know, the guys like getting the people to like, you know, do stupid shit or to cluck like chicken. So I'm kind of curious as well, like what people's views are on hypnosis, if they've experienced it, if they just do like YouTube self-hypnosis stuff or if they just have that view. I do think that's going to be a good thing to get into with Craig is like, why do we use it? Like, why why does it work? Um, but Krista... Because I started to get really interested in hypnosis after reading all of that Dolores Cannon stuff mm-hmm. that I've been obsessed with. And I was talking to Krista about it and saying, like, yeah, I want to be put under hypnosis um, and see what I access. Just curious about it for the channeling. And so Krista, who's been our guest many times, is like, I'm actually going to school to be a hypnotist and I'm getting trained in this. So she's like, if you come and meet me in person, then we can do it. So I've done it very briefly. I feel like the longest was maybe like 15 minutes. I haven't done like something like with Dolores Cannon or, you know, where I imagine it might be like a two hour kind of thing where they're going into that trance state. I do want to really do that soon. Um, But yeah, I think it's like, it was really interesting just to be put under briefly and to see that I was, that I actually went under very quickly and, um, I channeled in that state as well. And it was just, it was definitely a whole interesting experience. So, yeah. So did you have recollection of it when you're being, when you're, and by the way, I think that like that old school, like thinking of like, you know, like, Oh, you cluck like a chicken or do something stupid. <laughs> I think it's really like progressed. At least like the people that I know. Oh like, yeah. I, I hear a people lot of know. People, Yeah. People are like hip to it now. So I think it's definitely come. It's not like I love Lucy anymore. I think people have a lot of respect for the hypnotherapy and, you know, I mean, Dolores Cannon is that 
I, I know I listened to the book with you and we're on the way to Sedona, but is that considered hypnotherapy or is that past life regression she's doing? Well, we can ask Craig his opinion when he comes in because Craig Mackey, hopefully I'm saying your name, last name right, Craig, but he's a coach and a hypnotist. And so mm. we'll let him maybe explain the finer details, but they are using hypnosis techniques to get people into a specific state where they're accessing the information. So same with like Journey of Souls, which we love. Mm. I know Craig is like an avid reader of all these books as well. Um, and that is all basically accessed during hypnosis sessions. And for both of those people, they weren't actually trying to access that information. They were trying to go in and sort of fix a, a challenge or a problem that was happening for the person like in this life. And then basically they were just accessing these different parts of their mind, but they kind of stumbled upon it. Like they, they talk about that. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's when we get more into the trance state and I think like, Craig could probably talk to us about the different states because the the light state that I was in, I mean, when I did hypnobirthing and I did self-hypnosis, it was so that I would um, have my eyes open so that I was like participating and I was able to get myself into a certain state, give myself like certain cues and like be active and and there and like present birthing a child, right? Ooh. And then, <laughs> and then. I, I still, we've talked about it many times, but I just, girl. Ooh, for you to do that fully aware and with no drugs, like. And I will say that because Sage came in less than three hours, my youngest, and the woman said, that is the calmest like natural birth that I've ever seen in my life. Literally, I was like leaning over to her and saying, okay, um, I'm in transition now, which means like you're seven to 10. I was like, I'm in transition now. I was like, okay, it's time. You can check me again. And she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's time. Like I was like, it was very interesting. The first one. It was very calm to where they didn't like, they tried to send me home and I had the baby a couple hours later. But um, the second one was like fucking calm. I was really, I'm proud of that. And I feel like that's totally hypno babies and then self hypnosis. And then, um, yeah, I haven't been in that trance state. When I went into a lighter state of hypnosis, I was, I, I for the most part, remembered things that were said. I don't remember all the details, but um, the trance state, I think, is what I'm like really curious about but also um kind of like wanting to do i think alongside somebody else that knows what they're doing you know so but yeah just real quick because you we kind of got away from it so during your new experience with krista do were you present for that because maybe i have a total false perception of like hypnotherapy but like a lot of it's like you're not present for what's going on but you remember all of that yeah i mean I'm sure that again, Craig could kind of tell us what state I was in, but um, I was just kind of in this relaxed state and it kind of would fit. It felt like kind of like in between sleep and awake. Um, and I, my eyes were closed and I was just kind of like chilling in this, you know, one of those infinity kind of whatever those chairs that lay back. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for the most part remembered it and it was, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just basically relaxed and it didn't really feel like much of anything other than like that I was really, I guess, maybe seeing more things or feeling more things. And um, I don't know. It, it was pretty normal. It was pretty quick. But also I think with doing readings and channeling already that what's normal and... <laughs> 
for me might not be normal for other people. There's a lot of things that I do that other people might be like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tour de force recounting of your session. <laughs> well, it was literally like 15 minutes and it's, um, you know, we haven't really dove into it. Literally. It wasn't, it was probably not like the work Craig does. It was like, we're going to put you under and like, you're going to fucking channel like, and you're going to see who's here. And like the, the entity was already like showing up like before, because I've already, I am channeling already. And so I'm just like, my heart was going and I was just like, okay, like, I think it's time. And she's like, okay, let's just go and do this. That she basically just brought me under. And we just, she kind of walked me through the process of like letting one, uh, entity step forward at time and speak mm. through me and separating. And so it was, and then I was like, someone else is here. No, we're not done. There's a woman that's stepping forward. And so it, it was very quick. I mean, to do all of that in like 15 minutes, it was like very rapid. Yeah. Did you get to smoke before or during that experience? Cause if no, because I was oh. driving. Yeah. So I'm still no. very, I don't know yeah. how you are about that. And good for you. But I try to live vicariously <laughs> through you. So I'm like, girl, I'm always telling you, girl, you need to smoke more. And you're like, no, I'm responsible. Hmm. Well, it just depends. Like, you know, I feel like it's a substance, you know, and it's legal. But like, so is like, I, I would never like have a beer. I was very much afraid of DUIs, like especially in California, even before. So I don't fuck with that, you know? <laughs> okay you're okay you're a model citizen we get it so i don't think people would think that <laughs> most people i mean i'm not really going for that but but that yeah that's like one of my lines you know love your new background <gasps> thanks yeah i know you're jealous of it no he is because i told him that i would give him these eye decals mm -hmm. and then I just never got around to giving it to him. And then I was like, you know what? I fucking need these myself because we painted this wall. So I needed to redo it from lightning bolts to eyes. And so here we are. But anyway, we need to, we need to pull in Craig because we're just going to go off on a million tangents. If we don't bring him in, it's going to get lost here. So what do you think? You ready for this, Craig? Um, All right. <laughs> hi, Craig. Hello. Hi, Ashley. Hi, James. Hello. What a so, fascinating conversation, by the way. <laughs> You're still here, so um, we yeah. didn't scare you away. That's like the test. It's um, trying to keep it tame today, Craig. So introduce what you do, because I know it's like it's it's hypno coaching. It's some coaching. It's some hypnotherapy. Will you just tell people what you do and who you are? Absolutely. My name's Craig Mackay. I'm originally from Scotland, but I live in Nashville, Tennessee now, and I'm a hypnotist and a, a coach. I help people work with their subconscious mind to increase the things they want in their life and let go of the things that they don't. That's it in a nutshell. So it's Mackay, Mackay. not Mackie. Mackay. Mackay. That's a lot better than Mackie. Because I think about I'm South so Park. used to Mackie, I don't even correct people anymore. So I'm very used to it. <laughs> that was like Crystal yesterday, uh, last time she was like, it's just what people want. So that's what people want, right? Craig? I'm just going to give people what they yeah. want. Yeah. So I'm really curious, like, what do you think hip hypnosis is or how do you describe it to people? Because I think that a lot of us probably have just like, you know, maybe people seen it on TV or they have like a misunderstanding. Like, how do you introduce it to people? 
Excellent question, because when I was hearing you talk, there's moments I'm thinking, oh, there's a great opportunity to speak. One of the, to, to go, speak to something James said a little while ago, hypnosis actually isn't a loss of awareness. It's not. Okay. It's actually yeah. a heightening of awareness. Mm. Mm. And actually, hypnosis is often associated with relaxation, but it can, it can be absolutely devoid of any relaxation whatsoever. Huh. Like a highly anxious state is a hypnotic state, but it's definitely not relaxing. Hypnosis is essentially where we're dissociating or disconnecting from where we are and what's happening right now. And we're going into an either like something past remembered that when, mm. we, when we piece it together in our mind, our nervous system experiences it now. So we go, oh, shit, I remember that thing, but it's not happening. So it's yeah. like reconstructed. Or when we have, say, anxiety of the future or excitement or motivation for the future, our mind mm. is leaving the present, putting together something in our mind. And then when we imagine it, it, it fires in our system and we feel those emotions. So the way to put it is that hypnosis is mindfulness. Here's a, here's a great example. The only time we're not in a form of trance is when we're 100% mindfully present. And it's really fucking interesting that that's a big, there's the first one, yay, that we've that, that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that there's a rising industry now, mindfulness, right? Why? Because people aren't fucking present. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, oh, things are cool now. I'm chilling on the beach somewhere in the Caribbean. But Next week, I got this thing to deal with. So we're not no longer on the beach there. We're thinking, oh, God, i got to deal with this thing. Or people might be okay where they are, but they're thinking, did you see that thing on the news or, you know, whatever it is. So hypnosis is essentially where we're leaving the present and having an experience of something that's not here right now. So that's very broad. But also mm -hmm. hypnosis is another way to put it is where it's the bypassing of the critical faculty of the mind, meaning that that part of our mind that is typically more critical in its thinking gets the activity of that part of the brain lessens during the hypnotic experience so that we're more in the experience than the logic. That's essentially in a loose roundabout way how to, how to explain it, but it's not always relaxing. And it's not always it's not always formally created. We dip in and out of trances all of the time. And it was actually you mentioned channeling before. I think channelings and uh, when someone does mediumship or or um, even healing, I think it's yeah. those are those to me are trance states because they're not really coming through the conscious mind. Other parts of the brain are active, mm -hmm. but part of you is still present to witness it. Otherwise, nobody's there to speak. One of the old situations with channeling. Which interests me, though, is there are some people that seem to go to a level where they have no yeah. conscious recollection of it. But to me, that's rare. And I've done quite a lot of past life regressions with people, and that's never happened in my experience. But that doesn't mean it's not real. But most of the time, we are still there to witness it. It's just coming from a different part of the mind. There's I'm, a big speech there. <laughs> no, it's, I love it. And like I feel like whenever I talk to you, like my mind actually just wants to ponder it. Cause I'm just like, yeah, like I, that's like usually my reaction when I talk to you. Um, this is a semi like selfish question, but you have seen me do readings before. Do you notice, can you tell the state that people go into? Like, is there something that I might not be aware um, that I'm, that I'm doing that I could basically be like, Oh yeah. Like I am putting myself into a trance state. Well, Often when it comes to trance states, there's different ways to measure those. And often people will talk about brainwave states. But one of the things that people don't often mention is that we are never in just one brainwave state. Like we've got the most active mm -hmm. one is like 
beta. And then when we're starting to focus at the beginnings of trance, we have alpha. And then we've got theta, and then we've got delta. Delta is typically when we're sleeping. Or it's possible, and some people have experienced these delta, which are really deep, slow brainwaves. That's normally deep sleep. But also some people through meditation have, have reached that. But when people talk about trance, they'll often talk about these brainwave states, but our brain is often doing multiple things at the same time. So to answer mm. your question, it's hard for me to tell. There yeah. are other ways to, to gauge trance depth. There are. And it's almost one of those things where I learned them, but then I learned to pay. And other hypnotists listening to this might not like me saying this here. But, um, we don't fucking but, care. But, 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 but a, lot of people, a lot of people talk about trance depth and the importance of it. And I can almost hear what the thoughts are giving me from James here when I say this. That some people come in and say, oh, I, I, need, I need super deep. That's what I need. I'm just one of those people. I can't tell you why, but I'm all about the depth, you know? And I'm like, and it's funny when people come in and say that. And I know what your mind's thinking. But then uh, and it's funny because I'll listen to them and I'll go, yeah, that's, that's funny. Based on what? Like, based on what? And they're like, oh, well, I just know I'm going to be, I'm, it's, it's whatever's going on with me is like really difficult. And we just have to really get super deep to deal with it. And I'm like, I, and I'm listening and going, how do they know? It could be completely <laughs> wrong. Could be completely wrong. And also, a lot of things can actually be done, not just in the formal hypnosis that we might think of with the eyes closed and someone relaxed in a chair. A lot of things can be done interactively in what appears to not be hypnosis. Because mm. what, what I love about hypnosis is the subconscious, which is most of our mind, that's the autopilot part. And yes. by the way, most of the time we're in autopilot. Most of the time. Like how often do we really pay attention to brushing our teeth? How often do we really pay attention in how to walk across the room? Maybe if we had too much to drink, that becomes central focus. <laughs> 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 or some other substances. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, for New York, by the way. I'm sure you heard that. Yes, that's awesome. Very, very surprising. But, but there you go. It's, pro it's progressive. There you go. Um, but a lot of the th everything that we've learned to do Initially, we had to build the conscious pattern, we had, meaning when you learn to drive or, you know, if you're learning another language, for instance, that it's almost like there is no file for it in your brain. So you have to manually create it. And after you've done it enough, it becomes autopilot. So kind of like mm -hmm. over time, more and more things that we've learned to do, walk, talk and otherwise, brush your teeth, you know, all of that stuff, take a shower, all of that becomes just autopilot, meaning you could become aware of it. But normally our mind is using those moments to just think about what I got to do later or when you're driving, what do we got to do when we get there? What time is it? You know, all of that stuff. So our mind is more and more an autopilot. And the part that holds all of those autopilot programs is called our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So and any time that we're using willpower, and actually I'll take this off the wall just for some perspective here. I have this picture which might not come good over the camera. So here's an iceberg in the ocean. Forgive the black parts. It was a misprint. Mm. Type of this. Uh, <laughs> so, so up here, this is our conscious mind. This is the part of us that's rational, reasonable, and logical. And this gets so much attention in the modern day. But this part is really fucking weak, really. Then there's this part, which is the subconscious, which is about 90%. And here, if we get into the spirituality part, I think the ocean then is the soul and you know the universe and all of that part. So the reason I became a hypnotist is because why does this and this feel so separate? Because this part's the, the intermediary. So I became a hypnotist because the access between this and the rest of us comes through this piece, where we often just think it's logic that does it. If logic was really, and we, we love, information has become such a currency 
like there's information on everything. People could find out pretty quickly online or find someone who could tell them or show them like how to be in great shape, how to have wonderful finances, all of this stuff. So we love information, but why isn't information getting it done? Why is that? Because this other part doesn't give a fuck about information. It doesn't. doesn't. So it's, so that subconscious part of the mind, normally when we're, we're using willpower, we're trying to use that piece at the top to try and, uh, force the other part to do something it doesn't want to do. When someone wants to quit smoking or, you know, you know, a lot of things with addictions, there's multiple pieces to that, but it's almost like the logical mind isn't looking at that going, yeah, I want to be an addict. That's great. It's not. It might say, I don't want this, but then the subconscious goes, that's great. However, and then it's very difficult. Same with, you know, eating. So I'm like, oh, I don't want that. I shouldn't eat that cupcake. But another part goes, that's great that you don't want to. However, and it can, <laughs> it can, it can win, but it's, it's a very difficult thing to keep up willpower. And that's what willpower mm. is. Um, so yeah, there's, there's another piece for you. <laughs> well, if anyone does want to ask questions, like I see that there's people that are watching here that are like loving what you're saying right now, but I, we definitely always encourage questions and curiosities to come from the people that are watching. Um, James, like I want to leave space for you because I feel like I could just ask Craig like a million curious questions today. Like, what are you curious about? I'm good with you doing that. But I mean, like just listening to you, Craig, like you're just such a fountain of information, but I love that you're connecting, you know, the But does your subconscious give a fuck about the information? I'm trying to ask him a question. (laughs) (laughs) She's on one today, Craig. I apologize for my spiritual wife. She's just out of hand today. (laughs) But but I was going to say that I really love that you – uh, the subconscious and the soul and kind of the battle in between, like we're re-examining the untethered soul. I know that's like kind of like a very base book for everyone now, mm-hmm. but like with the con- continuous conversation between our mind running our life yep. and our soul actually yep. experiencing the human experience. And I love that you bring in there that the subconscious is the part, you know, and I don't know if you're familiar, or of course you are, but overnight manifestations, I do a lot of those at night to try to pump my self-conscious with certain things. How do you feel about those? And are you familiar with what I'm talking about, those overnight manifestations that are just to like send like, you know, waves of like abundance or positive thinking or any of that kind of stuff to the subconscious? Yes. Well, I think that that the subconscious is experiential. (laughs) (laughs) I am familiar with that. And what I would say is um, that if the subconscious isn't in in alignment with it, then it doesn't happen. But the, the subconscious, its language is different. And this is important. The subconscious's primary language is imagination and emotion. So that is almost like where people would talk about being, you know. So it's almost like if your state of being isn't in alignment with what you want to manifest, then that's Mm. where I think the problems come in. So a lot of times people might think the thought of that thing that they want to that they want to connect to. And often I look at body language. Like if someone comes in and they have a goal. And it might be, I don't know, weight loss. And I'll say, why do you want to lose weight? And they might be like, no, because it'd be nice. And I go, then I know their conscious <laughs> mind wants that, but the, the subconscious is like, not really. Mm. Now, the truth is they might want that goal, but they're not really in touch with the real why. Because every mm. goal, really, every, every, every goal is a state of being. Every goal, it comes down to that. So we attach a state of being to the goal. 
So it's not about when I manifest that thing. It's about what is the feeling when I manifest that thing. Mm. But often, yes. that, often that's the part that's missing. And you'll hear it with people when they talk about the goals, like that example I gave. You can, if it's kind of like, oh, well, I guess I have to make, you know, win a million dollars. I mean, oh, you know, then you're like, well, that's maybe then not for you. But it's, so often that, that why is such a big piece. So I love your lazy, like American impression. <laughs> I, got, I got better ones. I got better ones. <laughs> I uh, more of those as you give examples. Loving yeah. that. Um, yeah. So we do have a few questions that people are asking that I want to pull in here. Um, I, I always like to look at things as like the yin yang, masculine, feminine. So it does sound like from what you're saying that the, the conscious is more of the masculine, the unconscious is more of the feminine. Like if we were to look at it like that. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Loving that. Because you also said that that the feminine the, is the more powerful, right? And so I feel like that totally goes with everything that I'm really trying to wake up in people. So confirmation bias. Yeah. For me. So um, are there... Are there certain tools that you use to access the subconscious mind? And what, what is the process that you use? Anything you could share with Mallory here? There are many different ways to do it. Hypnosis is one of them. Uh, NLP is another one, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And that's almost, that's part, that's ba- that was created, I think it was in the 70s, if I remember right. And it was based on three different modalities where they looked at three different modalities and really distilled it down to the essence of why they worked. And then they kind mm-hmm. of created this whole uh, language or structure and set of tools about then how you use the essence of those things in the, the most effective, you know, most rapid way. So NLP is kind of, how would I get into that? <laughs> that's one way you can do it. That's that's where you would see a practitioner and you would do techniques together and there'd be conversational elements of it together. That's one thing. Another thing is there's, oh, there's things like... Um, what do you call that again? Um, the truth is there's so many. Hypnosis is another one. Um, why is my brain gone blank on that? There's there's so many of them, actually. Um, Your subconscious doesn't want to talk about it. It doesn't. It's like, stay yeah. with the hypnosis. <laughs> it's like, fucking uh, just pay me. And I know we'll drop the leaks. That's because uh, you should just pay him to tell you and to do it uh, with you. Um, I know that you told me that... Um, sometimes people think you're just going to go in and fix things, right? That you're just like, Oh, let's just like hire somebody. I'm just going to lay here and do nothing. And you're going to fix it. Like what's the, the misunderstanding that's happening there? So I was reading the question underneath. What was your question? Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go with this one and then we can go with, with, with Ricky's comment. Yeah. How can, how long can someone be under the state of hypnosis? I love, see, this is an example under a state of hypnosis under what? <laughs> But I so, do value the question because when you're I do, about- I, I I do. But it's one of those things like when that kind of almost people have, people have some fears about. They're almost like being put under. We all hypnosis is self hypnosis. Mm. We could be in a hypnotic state all day. We could be. We could. We could. If we're really, 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 really motivated for something, or we really want a certain goal, we're almost in a state of hypnosis because we're kind of skipping over where we are and we're dwelling in our our recre our. Um, our perception of, of how that thing will be. So the yes. truth is much of the time we could be in a state of hypnosis. Here's an example. If someone really fucking hates their job, 
then if they're in their job for eight hours, they're probably in hypnosis for eight hours because they're sitting there thinking what they're going to do when they go on vacation, what they do when they go home, what they're going to do on the weekend, all of that stuff. So the truth is, it's a difficult question to answer. Most of the time, I think we are in various forms of hypnosis Mm -hmm. because the only time we're not is when we're 100% present. Yes. That's the only time that we're really not in some form of hypnosis. But if it's formal hypnosis in a a chair, well, some of those, like the Dolores Cannon sessions from the books, they sound like they lasted hours. Mm -hmm. So it could be a few minutes. It could be hours. If it's in a formal setting, I don't think there's really necessarily a limit to that. Um, But in our everyday life, I think most of the time we are in some form of it. The thing that makes it weird is the label. So hypnosis is really an altered state of consciousness. But our consciousness alters all day, every day by itself, with or without a practitioner. There's a this, strict answer for you. Well, <laughs> it brings up also that when we're watching TV or yeah. a movie that we yeah. are in a hypnotic state. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that that's why when it t- starts to get problematic, when we're looking at conditioning and looking at um, how we might be open for suggestion or, you know, tuned into lack and scarcity and things like that through advertisements, like yep. any thoughts on that? Like, I really want to get your opinion. Yep. You know, well, this, the subconscious mind is really wired for metaphor. That's why we love stories. So that's mm-hmm. how we can have a profound impact on someone but very indirectly by linking whatever we want to convey to them through a story Mm. and that's almost like you know those children's stories that that seem to always have a moral to them you know the children need they want the child to learn something but it's not about them but when they're listening to it they're like reacting to everything and they are learning something from that story even though it's not about them so it's 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 a less confrontational way to create change and it engages the imagination, which is the light, and also the emotions, which are the primary languages of the subconscious mind. So movies mm-hmm. and TV are an interesting thing because, again, if they're stimulating the imagination, because if we're imagining that, you know, that's real and we're imagining what that feels like, then what happens is our subconscious is, is you know, associating with it. We're putting ourselves in that movie. So that is stimulating our subconscious mind. And it can bring about beliefs. Like if a lot of movies are really, really negative, then it can make, you know, kind of almost poison people's view of the world or humanity. Same like the news. The news is programmed, mm-hmm. I think, to stimulate that adrenal or fight or flight response by showing you just the right images with just the right, you know, headlines, because that then gets that <gasps> situation. And then we want to go talk to someone. Oh, did you see that thing? So it's it's like looking at it and saying that, that those things really do condition the mind because beliefs are here. I'll, I'll finish it with this, that beliefs are created by the decisions we make or the decisions others make for us in the presence of heightened emotion or through repetition, both Mm. will do it. So it's almost, yes. And it's almost like, for instance, when people have had, you know, really negative events in their life, but also really positive ones. When all that emotion comes up, like the subconscious is almost saying for efficiency's sake, what can we decide here? So we don't have to think about this in the future. Right. So it's almost like if someone fails a test and they're like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? And a parent or themselves says, oh, well, I guess I'm just stupid. Then the mind goes, oh, it makes sense now. So where the emotion is, it softens the mind so it can be reshaped. And then unfortunately, that decision that comes from us or from others does reshape the subconscious into a belief. Because Mm -hmm. why is that? Because our mind loves efficiency. It's really fucking hard to be conscious all the time. So that's why we're mostly not. So we have a view of ourself, a view of the world, view of others, and it can change, but it's always running in the background. And so it's that idea that it's for efficiency's sake, because if you woke up in the morning every day 
and everything was reset to zero and you had to figure out who am I? How do I feel about everything? How do I feel about my apartment? How do I feel about the people in my life? What food do I like? You know, what clothes do I, everything? You'd be exhausted, absolutely exhausted. So our mind just, just kind of creates all of these things that become normal. And then over time, we look at them sometimes go, how the fuck did this happen? Because it became normal. Because it became normal. So, so I don't would know where you we agree? started, but that's where we ended. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Would you agree? Because I, I know that times, um, sometimes people are like, oh, it's so mysterious. What's in my subconscious? And I read somewhere before that like your life is essentially a printout of what's in your subconscious that everything that's around you and what your life looks like how you you feel about your life is what it, your subconscious is has created would you say that's accurate yeah well the subconscious is recording through all of the senses all of the time but we're only aware of a very small percentage of it so people can get scared of it because they're aware of the idea that there's so much that that gets absorbed in the subconscious that they're not mm. even aware of. And that can almost be like people are often scared that there's, you know, deep, dark things in there. There might be, but there's also a lot of positive stuff. And there's a great deal of stuff that's very just vanilla and neutral. Great deal of it, you know. So it's like our mind is, yeah. typically, is, is typically drawn towards those things that have a high emotional significance and especially those ones that are around survival because that's the big one in the mind mm. so it's looking at and saying that that is kind of our life is a collection of all of that stuff sure yeah i always notice that when i'm listening to dolores cannon that she's like yeah typically it's pretty boring when we go into past lives so she'll like fast forward them to like an important day mm -hmm. when something significant happened to kind of like get on with it yeah, and that also goes back to what you were mentioning before. Brian Weiss and Michael Newton wasn't the intention, but they were following the feeling. Because mm -hmm. the idea is that when you when a feeling is active in your system, your mind organizes your memories based upon the emotional content. So that's how if you're in a good experience, it's easier to remember other good experiences. When you're in a negative experience, like if you have an argument with someone, it's so much easier in that moment to remember other times that they've pissed you off, you know? So our mind, it's almost like when something's triggered, that's, that's when people talk about spirals, like getting out of bed on the wrong side or must have stubbed their toe this morning. Because once the, the emotion's active, it lights up like that whole chain in the brain of, the, of memories where they felt that way. But it can also work for the positive too. So like, for instance, like Michael Newton or Brian Weiss, they might have connected to the feeling that the person was there to change. And then it's activating it in the brain. But I believe that it can go past that too, where it's mm -hmm. almost like that there is a connection that goes beyond that life, then it will go there. But here's a controversial thing I want to share. Whether that past life for that person is real or not, it actually doesn't matter. Because I think sometimes, controversial here, sometimes I think the subconscious is making up a story, a movie, or a situation that will perfectly allow that person to unravel what the problem is for them. Does that mm -hmm. mean that's always what's happening? No, I do believe in past lives. I do. But do I believe it's always that? Particularly if someone's always a king or a pharaoh or something, you're like, well... Must have been a yeah, lot. Yeah, I totally awful. agree. Yeah, but certainly and I every think... life is like this. You're like, well, maybe. <laughs> well, well, there. I mean, Ashley, what was Dolores Cannon talking about though? In the yeah, she's people. Well, she was saying that like sometimes people are just very common and normal, and she's like, I feel like if people <laughs> were going to fabricate something or do something, they would make themselves crazy. They would make themselves a king or make themselves something grand. And um, she was saying that oftentimes it's just like 
really like normal run of the mill stuff that people are accessing. And so to her, she feels like she would kind of look for signs of if it sounded legitimate. So I I appreciate that. Um, I, I see what you're saying as well. And, um, I'm curious, like, would you say as well, like, I think some views of intuition are that like, that we can't really act. We don't know how we know things that are in the subconscious. We just know that it's there. And so I could see that oftentimes intuition is just accessing the unconscious, like some kind of abstract thought or some kind of memory. And maybe it is even from some fucking past lives and you just don't know how you know it. I do believe that as well. Do you feel like that's connected intuition and subconscious? I do, but uh, another, because I think that, that beyond our five senses, I think that that we are hooked into like the all vibrational data around us, and I think that t- that distance doesn't make it doesn't matter at all. So I do think that part of us, is, I think it's almost like radio waves, where someone who's a psychic can mm-hmm. can kind of tune into that, but people that can't kind of d- don't know that it exists, or you know doubt that it exists. I mean, so I think that that what happens there is that someone is is able that has a, an ability in their mind to kind of allow that information to get out from the subconscious mm-hmm. into their conscious mind. Cause I think everyone's receiving it to some yes. various degrees in the subconscious. I do, but yes. that, that subconscious processes millions and millions and millions of pieces of information every single second. Whereas mm-hmm. the conscious is maybe, you know, uh, five to nine pieces of information at a time. Like it's really focused for our survival where if we were really present to all of that information, and I think some mental mm-hmm. health disorders point to that where people are just so overwhelmed. It's almost like that filter isn't there. So like yeah. just bombarded with like the world is so overwhelming because they can't focus because that information that's supposed to kind of stay behind the curtain and be in the, or under the surface is kind of yeah. all you know, coming up. And I think there's another piece I wanted to share with you about that too. Um, Another piece that's interesting too is when people say most communication is not verbal, what's happening when two people are, are, are connecting is their subconsciouses are exchanging a, a giant amount of information. So sometimes the intuitive part, like when we almost can tell how someone feels, even though they haven't said something, is that part of us can read that information. All of our subconsciouses can read the information, but it's about can we be conscious of it? So some of those people that are really good at analyzing body language and all that, they're just picking up on some of this stuff that we're giving out all the time. So some of those mm-hmm. intuitive moments can just be that there's this huge amount of information being exchanged from mind to mind in a conversation when people are connected. And that, and it's the more that people are aware of that and kind of tap into that, the more powerful it becomes. There's another piece to it. Interesting. Yeah, I do feel like to pull through information that I have to shut off the um, yes. the critical mind. And so I'll, like oftentimes I'll go into that state where I can't be thinking about it. I can't be pausing and I'll talk fast to just try to like pull it through as quickly as possible and not allow my own filters to come in. Cause I think yep. that's when we second guess or we're like, yep. well, is this right? Or how do I know that? Um, yep. And I was even, I was teaching people how today, like how do you bring through your own intuition and business. And I was talking about spaciousness to receive, because I do think that if we are trying to figure it out or be like, I need to do this, like I need to come up with a genius idea right now. Tell me like what you think about this. I kind of call it like set it and forget it. Like where you set the intention where you know that you're wanting to pull in some kind of a, an idea or solution for something and then go on a walk and don't think about it, go do something else. Cause that's why I feel like those brilliant ideas 
come when you're in the shower or just not doing something related to it? What do you, what do you know about that? I'm sure more than I do. I completely agree with that, what you're saying there. So when someone's in the shower, they're going into autopilot, meaning that they're not really, their conscious mind is kind of switching off and they're just in the experience. Because like I was saying mm-hmm. before, they already know how to, you know, wash their hair, you know, all that stuff. You know, they already know that. They're not having to consciously pay attention to it. So it's the more that we kind of zone out that it mm-hmm. allows space then for something new to come in. And another part of that too is about the most important piece is the why. A big enough why will overcome the lack of a how. A weak why will be destroyed in the pursuit of the how. Mm. So that's really important. So if if we almost kind of have a dream, but then we think, then immediately that critical mind comes in and says, I don't know how we're going to do that. If the why is not strong enough, it's it's over. So mm. it's almost about having that big enough why. And the example I'll give for that is I was watching a documentary recently about when the US decided to put people on the moon and they said, we've got no fucking idea how we'll do it, but we have to do it because of that bullshit with the Soviet Union. Right? <laughs> so, they, so they said, we, we ha- it's not like, let's try and do that. It's like, we have to. And people were saying, but we don't know how to. And they go, well, we're going to have to fucking figure that out. So it's like the idea that when when your goal is a must, then mm. we'll figure out the how. When it's When it's dependent on the how, then we're screwed. Mm. And most things yeah. that we were created of significance by human beings, like, I mean, an example was the, the cell phone. Initially, that's crazy. Everything begins as a thought, everything. Mm. And to get quantum about it, it's real somewhere else first. And the more that we connect vibrationally and emotionally to that, the more that we can create, make that thing real. So it's almost mm-hmm. like the goal, as soon as we can emotionally connect to it, it's real somewhere because mm. our system... As soon as your neurology can feel it, it's reacting to something. So it's already real somewhere. The goal is, though, and this is where faith comes in. Someone who's not feeling that will say, that's bullshit. You shouldn't believe in that. But if you can Mm -hmm. feel it, it's real on one level. So it's about looking at it and saying, if we connect to that, almost what I was saying before about how the brain organizes information based on the emotion, the more we can connect to the, the energy of the goal, it actually then our lens and our filters in our mind are then actually tuned into it. So we will get the how, but, 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 but the only two important pieces about getting a goal, the why and the next tiny step. And if the next tiny steps overwhelming, we have to go back again and get a smaller one. Commonly what happens people, when they have a goal, they're excited and they, they, they lose connection to the the emotional essence of why they wanted it and they get lost in the steps. Nobody, and then they're like, why am I losing motivation? Nobody wants to take steps for no reason. If I said to both of you, I want you to climb Mount Everest, but meanwhile, I guarantee there's absolutely nothing in it for you. Now, why are you not motivated? That's what we end up doing with our goals. We forget, well, why am I climbing Everest again? What's up up there for me? So those are key things. When it's real in our mind and we can emotionally connect to it, I believe it is real somewhere. And then we just mm-hmm. keep going back to the next actionable step and just loop that until the end. There's another and statement. According to Dolores Cannon, it's primarily the aliens that are sending us the ideas and the direction. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, okay. you don't have to let, answer let, that let, directly, I'll, but I'll, you I'll, can I'll, talk, give you a, yeah. I'll give you a different answer to that. Yeah. An, an, an alien <laughs> refers to the, the kind of the, the body or the form that something takes. But if there's a soul, what's an alien? So mm-hmm. if looking at it and saying that if you have intelligent life elsewhere that is sufficiently developed that it can house a soul, then 
does a human being have a specific soul or is the soul not linked to the container that it's in? Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. say this, what, look at this earth water. If we find water somewhere else, it's still water. It's on a different mm-hmm. planet. It might be in a different location than we'd find it here. But I look at it and think that, let me also put it this way then. Do I think that intelligent life from elsewhere is influencing us? Absolutely. That's where I think the religious texts came from, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that I think that um, big big G God, I think probably doesn't speak, but the thing that's probably the center of a very of a number of very large circles of creation that went outward, mm-hmm. and something more advanced than us has probably communicated with us and shaped the way that things are for us. But is it the real the one at the beginning? No. I don't think so. But I do think we've been profoundly influenced by what we would call alien life over the years, profoundly. I think there's just too much that points that that's true. But people who are religious may say, well, look at the stuff that happened in the Bible. Why is everything coming down? If you're God, you could just appear. Why are you coming down from the sky and all that? And where's heaven? We've looked for it. We've gone up there and we haven't found it. Where's where's heaven? I think that's a dimensional thing. But very long mm-hmm. answer to your question. I'm probably, you know, pissed a few people off with that answer, but there we are. So I love, love that it. answer. I love that answer. Ashley, can I ask you a favor? Can you pull up Ricky's second question? Because I kind of have a question for you, Craig, about anxiety. Because Ricky Well, he did asked- kind of address that, I think, towards the beginning. So that's yes. why I was holding off. Yeah. Yep. I would well, say the answer to that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, James. Well, I just, he's asking because for those of us listening to the podcast, I can't see it. He's saying, you know, if someone's in the high anxiety, it, are they in hypnosis most of the time? But I was going to ask more specifically about, I have a lot of people referring to anxiety in their life. And for me, I, I used to have really bad anxiety, but I yep. found that's when I just stay in that top part of my brain and I don't really get yep. into subconscious or explore the soul. So what are your thoughts on like, what really is the core cause of anxiety? Anxiety to, to me is first and foremost masters of self hypnosis. So to answer his question, yes, he's in hypnosis most of the time. But typically, it's where it's it can be a number of different things. It's where somebody isn't doubts their own skills or resources in a specific situation. So therefore, they deem that that situation is going to overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. Or another piece of it is that there's there's a glitch in their self image. So it can be like saying that this person is going to react to me a certain way. Why? Because that's how I see myself. Mm-hmm. Like our, our, our worst fear is that somebody will confirm our deepest, darkest thought about ourselves. So that's we lead not- with that, like, oh, no, like if I really think I'm not good enough and someone looks at me a certain way, then I'm like, oh, see, they know. Shit. They, they, they know it. Or what they say or they don't say. Like we know it. Oh, no, they know it. Damn it. And it hurts because we've already decided it. So, so, so anxiety, it's also very creative and it often comes from two of the most magical hypnotic induction words ever. What if, here's Mm -hmm. those words, what if this happens, then our mind then leaves the present to answer the question says, well, what if it does? And it might be a negative thing, but what, but then the the goal is to say, what if we ask another one? Like say, what if I go to the, go to work tomorrow and you know, the boss is angry at me. Great question. What if you go to work tomorrow and it's completely uneventful? (laughs) (laughs) And and then even better, when someone has anxiety, they're typically not finishing the movie. And let me explain what I mean by that. If we take the situation they're anxious about and consider it like a movie on a movie screen, and imagine that in the middle of that movie, there's an intermission, almost like a theater show. So they'll create part one, which is almost like from where they are now to the peak point of discomfort. But then they don't finish the movie. 
So the mind is just kind of left stuck there in that worst piece. So the goal is to complete the movie and say, okay, so I go to work, or and this is just an example of work. I go here and this happens. Great, then what? Well, then I go home. Well, then what? <laughs> or like, you know, what if I get on stage and people uh, laugh at me? And so they're almost stuck in that peak moment about, you know, dealing with the inner dialogue about why that is. Go, yeah, but then what? Oh, then it feels really uncomfortable. Go, well, then, well, then what? When I get off the stage, well, then what? Then I go home. So, well, then what? Then it's over. Oh, so pay attention to that part. Because it's almost like they're going through a movie and freeze framing the worst mm. piece. But, and then when, when, when the mind isn't given something after that, then that's almost the ending. Like, oh my God, I die there. I just cease to exist or I get trapped there forever in limbo. So it's almost like go past that point because it's rarely an ending. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like rather than get stuck in that piece, go past it. And also this, I think Tony Robbins, I think said this one, the quality of our life really comes down to the quality of the questions we ask of ourselves. An example, what if I really fucked that up versus, well, what if I really excel at that? Which one's true? What if I'm good enough? That feels different than what if I'm not good enough? <laughs> right. That Which was such right. an amazing, amazing breakdown of anxiety there. Like, thank you so much for that. So I know well. we don't we don't have a ton more time with you, Craig. I know we've already kept you longer than we said we would. Um, okay. What what should people contact you for? Like, what kinds of clients are you wanting to work with and call in today? And we'll drop some links for people to stay connected. The most interesting things for me to work on that I that I enjoy is self-sabotage is great. That's where someone's self-image isn't allowing them to reach the, the level that they want to in, in different areas of their life. Anxiety too, because they're already okay. great at hypnosis. <laughs> and also self-esteem and self-confidence. Those are the things that I really enjoy working on. And will you just fix it for them? Are they going to just like go there and you're going to fix <laughs> they're, they're it? Gonna, like, they're going to gonna close their eyes and then they're going to, I'm going to reach in and I'm going to move some gears around some wires <laughs> and it'll be fixed and they'll wake up and they'll cluck like a You're chicken like- for a while, cluck, <laughs> walk like a duck. And then they'll speak in tongues for a while and then they'll be magically healed. No, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll meet on Zoom. We'll have a conversation. And uh, over the course of a few sessions, if they do their bit and I do my bit, we'll have profound change. And so but you it can is, do, but it, you is do it virtually. Yeah, do and it's virtually. virtual. Yeah. Yes. And it is a process to speak seriously about that. Typically, change isn't an event. Typically, patterns that people come in to work on have been established and reinforced over a long period of time. doesn't mean mm-hmm. they take a long time to change, but it means that, you know, it is a bit of a process, a few sessions or so, to, to rewire those things. And it is an active thing. They don't sit and receive the change. Mm. Co- we co-create the change. And all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. I'm just the guide. I love that. Fuck yes. Well, I appreciate you showing up and just dropping your brilliance on us and like putting up with all of our antics and silliness. Um, anything? Dropping something. <laughs> <laughs> no expertise, but yeah, brilliance, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I see. That's the thing that you don't, I don't think you see how much like, cause you know this and you're just like, so used to hanging out with yourself and your thoughts, but other people are going to be like, Wow, this is really super interesting. Wow, I'm going to think so many people are going to be thinking about so many things from this conversation, I guarantee you. 
So just That's a funny. different perspective. Yeah. Even my wife hears all this stuff. She runs some patterns on me. It's interesting. So my gauge for what's what's crazy is when I look at her and say something and she's shocked. I'm like, oh, shit. Then this is really <laughs> something crazy is happening right now. But yeah, well, she you. hears you all the time, too. So She'll use some of the questions I use. <laughs> I've gone go, too oh. far. <laughs> yeah, I've gone too far. What would you say to a client who said that, Craig? You're like, oh, shit, we're going to do that, right? Is that where we're going? <laughs> be a mature adult now damn it yeah. well, thank you craig <laughs> we appreciate you so much hopefully you'll come back and maybe we'll maybe one day we can like put do some hypnosis stuff on people or on james or something like that i don't know we can get funky with it next time sure sounds great <laughs> bye craig thank, thank you craig pleasure thank you so i knew that you would love what craig had to say Cause I'll be honest, Craig, he can still hear us. He's backstage. He's like, is Craig interesting enough to be the only guest? And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like Craig is super interesting and he didn't know you, but I'm like, I think you would agree now. Craig holds his own. Craig has, we could probably talk to Craig for two hours and we'd still be in awe wanting to talk to him more. Definitely. I definitely agree. 100%. Is this like stirring up anything in you that you're going to hang on to or that you're going to do differently or maybe within the program and, you know, people that you work with that you're going to bring in? It, it's definitely a, a lot of food for thought or thought for food or whatever the fuck the saying that is. There's definitely a lot to think about, but it all resonated as very, very true. And my soul perked up as he was speaking. So that was like a lot, like I'm going to have to re-listen to the whole thing to like process everything. It's so much information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always feel like I just want to like, ponder it. I feel like it's interesting that I always draw on like certain things that we do in coaching. I'm sure like the coaching modality that I use probably pulls from NLP and hypnosis and different things. And so it's interesting, like how he talks about even what I would call the inner critic and the what if, and like sometimes just learning like, oh, like some of these things that I'm doing have this like subconscious hypnosis connection. So I really love learning that. Um, so next Next week is actually your birthday, your sobriety birthday. It Four is. Years. Indeed, if I make it. Yes. <laughs> well, of course you will. I would kill you first. You're I not know. like. That's true. You so, would know that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> if I live to get to it then, because if I relapse, Ashley will kill me. And now this is evidence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, yes, it is. Um, and I kind of felt like a dick because I didn't ask you what topic you wanted on your sobriety birthday that I kind of just planned one with this amazing astrologer. So I apologize for it. I'll amends for mm. that later. I'm sorry. You're, you're in a, a pushy mindset lately. It's fine, but I'm <laughs> sure that she'll bring forth exactly everything that needs What's to be said. What's needed. I am going to see, cause she talks about working with asteroids on people's charts and I had never mm. heard of that before. Mm. So I'm wondering if maybe, she might look at your chart. I'm going to throw that idea her way and just be like, Oh, it's James's like sobriety birthday. Like, you know, could have like a little podcast adventure. I'm I'm super excited to hear about that. I've never heard of that either. So it's going to be amazing. So I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, trying to think what else we'll let you know, we're doing our float tank thing tomorrow. So we'll let you know how that goes. Maybe if you join our group, we'll like, We'll let you know like right after how that went because that's a new one. But I feel like I'm I've heard that Joe Rogan from like the Joe Rogan podcast like always talks about floating and things like that. So if you don't know, it's basically like 
sitting in, I guess there's 1300, 1200 pounds of um, salt that's actually dissolved in this mm-hmm. water so that your body naturally floats on it and you go into this like sensory deprivation experience. And so I'm pretty excited. There's a part of me that wants to be like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if like, see, like Craig was talking about. Well, what oh, could happen in there? What, what you if afraid? you don't have any fucking fears about this? <laughs> no. Like nothing ever. Okay, know, good for you. Yeah. I, I, thought I, a, I, I thought I was I thought I was butt ass naked. Like I had like envisioned like a wetsuit. I was I like know. butt ass naked. All right. Apparently. Okay. Yeah, I know. Then, there's some rules like no shaving like six hours beforehand. And like I have to shave like three times a day because I'm a hairy beast. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I know. There's a lot of things that we're trying to work through of like what to do. But no, like my brain, my I do have that movie. I was like, what if this is like how the government, you know, they oh realize I know God. too much about these galactic oh. beings and they try to fucking trap me this, this in this tank gas, and it becomes company. like Indiana Jones and the water's just filling up. Like, what would I do? You know, <laughs> there's some, you know, that crosses my mind or people that are just like, what if it feels like I'm trapped in there in this like fucking water coffin, you know, I, like, I'm yeah, I mean, what, I'm thinking, what if I don't want to get out? Cause that sounds like heaven <laughs> to me, just like floating <laughs> in a dark tank with some awesome music playing. Like I'm going to be like, no, Ashley, like you need to pay for more. I'm not getting out. And I'm naked. I think I'm going to love it. <laughs> I think I'm going to love it. And I have been practicing sensory like deprivation, other meditation. So we'll keep you posted. We'll let you know how it goes. Um, And then Solange will drop a few links for my group, The Practical Mystic. So it's not just me in there anymore. Like Krista, who's a badass, is in there, like sharing spiritual, magical things. And Sarah, who teaches about like empaths in business. We have our astrology gal, Crystal, who's been a guest. So they're co-leading kind of slowly but surely we're getting our shit together it's it's mostly me that's sharing but they're you know they're new to join the party over there so um i'll drop that link i'll drop i'll have solange drop the business universe um link that's in there for people that want to tap into that as a resource for the membership but yeah i think that's it anything else darling i think that is complete we are complete and whole we're complete okay yes all right bye (laughs) y'all